dedication, and we're going to talk. By the way, let's talk about that term right there. I pastored for 25 years. We always had a baby dedication. Uh, usually it was around Mother's Day or whatever, and we had, there were, there were years that we had a couple years over 40 families dedicate their newborns uh, to the Lord. So I'm well aware of baby dedication. I have three sons. We dedicated our three boys to the Lord. However, can I tell you, in some ways, that's a misomer. It, it, today at Platte Valley Baptist, it's not really children, baby dedication, children dedication. You know what it is today? It's parent dedication. Really, in the church, the parents are really making the public act of their dedicating of their children. So uh, the children, now, I'll tell you what I did with our three sons. When they were born and they came back from uh, the hospital, we did this with all three of our boys. We took them, put them on an, two of the boys on an ottoman. One of them was on a couch. And when they came back from the hospital, we put them on a couch, an ottoman. We knelt down and we dedicated our boys to the Lord that they would serve God, that we would be the right kind of parents. Now, we also dedicated them publicly in the church, but I also believe that's the parents. I felt I was dedicated, Marilee and I were dedicating our lives to the raising of those children. So today, when you see these children get dedicated to the Lord, absolutely pray for them, but listen, pray for the parents as well. That what they're doing with their children, that they'll, they'll pray that you'll be with them. And then there's one other thing that we prayed for. Whenever I did this dedication, when I pastored, you pray for the church. Because you're going to have a huge influence on these children. And you as the church need to kind of dedicate your lives to the Lord. Some of you are going to be their Sunday school teachers. You're going to be their mentors. Maybe they're employers. Maybe you're going to hire some of these children one day to work with you or for you. You need to dedicate your lives to the Lord as well. Some of you are in the, uh, the DMA group. Okay, okay, I'm loving that. What, uh, who, who in here is in the DMA group? Okay, so I came up with a brand new name for Senior Saints group, okay? Don't mention age. Okay, I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. But listen, DMA group, you need to influence these children as well. They need to hear from you. They need to know what answered prayer is. You need to be their prayer warriors as well. So we're not, we call this, you know, children's dedication day. No, 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 no. This is the parents dedicating, and this is a church dedicating as well. So it's a really big deal. 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we see a verse that probably, again, I put it in quotation marks, baby dedication probably came from. The woman's name, the mother, was Hannah. She had had no children at all, and she made a vow to God. Verse 11, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. 
and there shall no razor come upon his head. He'll be dedicated to the Lord for an area of separation, and I will give him unto the Lord. And that's probably the big passage of Scripture um, that's used. And then when he and, and when she give, was given a child, his name was Samuel, and truly Samuel lived for God all the days of his life as well. We're going to have a word of prayer, and here's what we're going to look at in Sunday school today. We're going to look at what happens when you do dedicate your children to God. And then we're going to look at what doesn't happen. What doesn't happen when you dedicate your children to God. Okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I am thankful for the opportunity to teach this lesson today. And I don't know how many families are in here today that are dedicating their children right now. But all of us need to hear these truths. And Father, there could be areas that you're asking us to dedicate to you besides our children. They may be areas of possession, time, gifts, relationships. It, it, there may be other things you're asking for us to put on the altar. And Lord, I think throughout the course of our lives, it isn't just a one-time dedication. I think, Father, many times we crawl off the altar, and many times you're asking different areas of our life to be dedicated. So, Lord, may we understand a little bit about dedicating children to the Lord, but may we also understand some things about dedication in our own life to you as well. So, Lord, be with the scriptures. I pray the things that we give will be a help. And we look forward to having our Sunday morning uh, worship together. But right now in Sunday school, may we understand children dedication today better. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's children said, all right, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter number 22. So the first thing we're going to look at is what happened when we dedicated our children to the Lord? Okay, what did happen, and what? And then we're going to look at what doesn't happen. Number one, what happened when you dedicate your children to the Lord? You gave honor and worship to God by allowing Him to have our greatest possession. All right, it is an act of worship. It is an act of honor. You have now given your greatest possession, your children, and you have given that great possession over to God. No longer are they my children. They are now God's child, and I have dedicated as an act of worship that child to the Lord. All right, let's look at Genesis 22 and look at verse number one. A couple things you need to know coming into this chapter. Abraham is probably... 120 years old. But whatever you do, don't ask his age. But <laughs> anyway, all right, so he would definitely be part of the don't mention age group, okay? So he's about 120. He was given a promise that he would have a son and that from that son a great nation would come. Well, he doesn't have that son. How old, since we're in Sunday school, how old was Abraham when he became a father? Anyone know? 
He was 100 years old when he has Isaac. Now, there's something interesting here. But, but we'll, get, we'll get started here. Okay, so chapter 22, verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things. Now, i got to tell you about these things really quickly. Abraham gets saved in Genesis chapter 15. That's clearly indicated in Romans chapter 4, and it says it right in Genesis 15, and he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham gets saved chapter 15 of Genesis. But Abraham doesn't live for God. There's a bunch of stuff that goes on from chapter 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. He's kind of deceiving people. He's kind of wandering. He's doing some things. And the biggest thing is he takes things into his own hands and tries to accomplish what God had promised to him. So he's got a wife. Her name is, anyone remember? What's Abraham's wife's name? Sarah. Sarah's 90 years old. And she's going, yeah, this child thing ain't happening. It ain't going to happen. I'm 90 years old. So Sarah and Abraham come up with a, an idea out of the flesh. An idea out of their own human thinking. Okay, so it's not happening with me. But I have a handmaid named Hagar. You take Hagar, Abraham, and have child with Hagar. Yeah, yeah, that is not what God said. But Sarah's trying to figure out God's will from a human standpoint. Not a good idea to do, friends. And they're not trusting God. They get their own hands involved with this. So, Hagar goes with Abraham. Hagar gets pregnant. Hagar has a child. His name is Ishmael. By the way, Israel is going to battle with Ishmael for all of time because of this, too. Because you got the Middle East crisis because, because Sarah and Abraham thought they had a better plan than God. And you have problems today in the Middle East because of this, friends. The descendants of Ishmael are what, we, what the Israelites, the Israelis, are battling with today. So Hagar has Ishmael, and, and I just got to tell you, Sarah is not doing well. I could have told you that was going to happen. And Sarah is not doing well, and there's jealousy and everything. And Sarah says, you get her out of here, and you get him out of here. So they get rid of Hagar and Ishmael, and they're sent away. So Abraham's not doing real good. See if you remember anything. Abraham got saved in what chapter? Abraham got saved in chapter 15. But I'm telling you something, he ain't living for God. So now we're in chapter 22, and God says, you know what, Abraham? You need to start acting out the faith that you say that you have. And friend, I'm not telling you you're not saved. But there may be some of us in here that aren't living our faith. We say, yeah, I've got faith. Yeah, well, show it to me by your works. Because you're not doing anything for God. And God's saying, you know what? You've been saved for a long time. And there's no evidence. Not saying you're not saved. But there hasn't been any evidence. You haven't shown me anything, Abraham. So we come to chapter 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now, the idea there is to test Abraham. God never tempts somebody to do wrong, but he does test us to trust in him. 
that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. Now look at verse 2. And he, God, said, Take now thy, everyone together, what's the next word? Son, now listen to this. Thine only son, Isaac. Everyone together, by what I've just told you, is Isaac Abraham's only son? But God just said, take thy son, thy only son. So God lied here, correct? God didn't lie, but what did God just say? Take thine only son. Brother Seller, I don't get this. Well, I'm going to tell you what this is all about. The only son that God recognized is the son of faith. Not the son of your flesh and you're coming up with all this stuff. It is impossible to please God without faith. The only works that God recognizes in your life is not the stuff you've done on your own. It's the things that you've done by faith in God. He doesn't even recognize Ishmael as being one of his sons. Because Ishmael was the idea of Sarah and Abraham in the flesh, not of faith. So he goes to Abraham and he says, take thine only son. Now let me tell you something. The families today that are dedicating their children to the Lord, it better be a step of faith. You know what? We're trusting God for the raising, the training of our children. Now, we're not going to be owners anymore of our children, but we're going to be stewards as mom and dad. We're going to be the stewards. God has entrusted these children to us, but we're going to live by faith, and we're going to do it God's way. This is all what's happening today in dedication. So look at this. This is really good. And he said, take thine now, and I need your help again, folks. Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou, everyone together, what's the next word? Whom thou, that was terrible. Everyone together, whom thou lovest. Get this. First time in the Bible the word love is mentioned. Right there. Now, it's only Genesis 22. But this is the first time. I'm not saying there wasn't love before this. I'm just telling you, it's the first time the word love is mentioned in the Bible. Now notice what's going to happen. Whom thou lovest, take whom you love and dedicate that. So I just got a feeling that all of these plaques represent children whom the parents love. Would you agree? Now, I want to share this with you. You cannot dedicate anything to God that you do not love because it doesn't mean anything unless you love it. So I don't know what you love. I love hunting. Okay, let's talk about that for a moment. Have you ever give, you given your hunting over to the Lord? I'm serious. Well, I kind of love my truck. Have you given your truck to God? Well, I, I love what I do as a farmer. Have you ever given that to God? Let me tell you something. God wants what you love. Nothing should ever stand between you and God. 
He's not saying that hunting's bad. He's not saying your truck is bad. He's not saying what you do is bad. He's saying, will you give it to me? Are you with me? Whatever it is that you love, God is saying, will you give me that? Will there be anything that you love more than me? This is what the test is. Take thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, and give. Now, let me tell you something. I think we can pretty well say that these nine families are dedicating today that which they love. Would you agree? I think that's a very important part of dedication. Look at number one. Gave honor and worship to God by allowing him to have our greatest possession. Number two goes right with it. Gave permission to God to do what he wills, when he wills, where he wills, how he wills. God, we're given permission today to take Lucas. We're given permission today for Colette. We're given permission today for these children. You do what you want with them, where you want them, how you want them. Our hands are off now. Now, we're going to be stewards. You're going to guide us. You're going to direct us. But, Lord, they're your children today. Does that make sense to you? Do you understand what's happening today in a baby dedication, in a child dedication? Number three, they released us from the pressure of ownership, but gave us then the responsibility of stewardship. Now, this was big. So I have three sons. All three of my boys are in ministry today. Now let me tell you about raising our boys. We took our boys, we dedicated them to the Lord. We are no longer Ben, Luke, and Drew's owners. We are now their stewards. There's a different position there. Because everything we decided, what kind of entertainment, where we would go on vacation, what we would do, it was now about, hey, they're not our children. They're God's children. So where does God want our children to go on vacation? Seriously. What does our God want our children to watch on TV? What does our God, because I am a steward of these three boys. I am not their owner. Are you all with me here? This is important to understand when you dedicate. Release us from the pressure. Now, take your Bibles. Oh, let's see. Is there anything else I want to? Oh, yeah, this is good. Let's finish this one verse here. And he said, take thou thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. Well, I'm glad we're not doing that with the kids today, okay? But, we're, but, uh, the, but literally, what did God ask Abraham to do? I want you to kill your son. Now, he's never going to do it. But can I tell you, when Abraham put his son, and by the way, talk about submission of children. Abraham, or excuse me, Isaac is a, probably a young teen at the point that this happened. He may have been in a late teen. He definitely is stronger than his dad. But he lets his dad tie him up and put him on an altar of wood. I mean, somewhere along in this, Isaac says, hey, Dad, we, we got the fire and we got the sticks. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. Now, that's a very interesting statement there. But anyways, he ties his own son up, puts his son on the altar, 
and he raises the knife. He is coming down. Now, according to Hebrews 11, it seems to indicate that Abraham believed that God would raise Isaac up from the dead. That in Hebrews 11, when he's mentioned in the Hall of Faith, it seemed like he believed that if he killed his son, God would raise him up. God never asked him to kill his son. There's only one son that God killed, and that was Jesus Christ for our sins. But this was a picture of that. So Abraham raises that knife to kill his son. He had him on the altar. That is true dedication. Now, I wanted you to see one other thing, because I think this is good for moms and dads to see. Notice the very end of the verse. You can miss this if you don't catch it. I think it's one of the greatest principles on God's will for your life. And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. All right, here's what I want you to do, Abraham. I want you to take your son, and I want you to go to the mountain range of Moriah. Moriah is a mountain range. And when you get there, I will show you the exact mountain. I love this, preacher. Because God's will for our lives as parents is not shown everything at the beginning. All right, let me explain. When we dedicated Ben to the Lord, our first son, after we dedicated Ben to the Lord, God didn't show us, okay, he's going to be an apologist, he's going to go to Pensacola Christian College, he's going to do this, he's going to play these sports. God didn't show us those things. All we did right then was dedicate our boy to the Lord. And as time went on, God showed us the next step. Isn't this an interesting passage? It says, go to Moriah, and I will show you the exact mountain to go on. God's will for your life is not shown all at once. God's will for your life is step by step. Take the step God told you to do, and he will show you the next step. He'll show you the next step. You've got to take the step God's shown you, and then he'll show you. By the way, he goes to the wrong mountain in Moriah. He kills his boy because there's only one mountain that's got a ram in the thicket. He better make sure he goes to the right mountain. Amen? Aren't you glad Abraham said, you know what? Why do I have to go three days to offer myself? You know what? We'll just do it right here. Yeah, that ain't going to work, Abraham. Because there's going to be no ram in the thicket to be, be provided for. you got to make sure you're in the right place today so that you'll be in the right place tomorrow if you want to see God's provision. So this dedication thing, this is a big deal. All right, take your Bibles now and turn to Psalm 127. Ooh, i got 15 minutes and we've got the three points. Okay, well, we better get on here. But let, let me give you three, four, and five together here. Released us from the pressure of ownership but gave us then the responsibility of stewardship. Then look at, and then number four, we have a starting point. I think this is really good. We have a starting point when we said they are yours. I think, okay, so what's the date today? I can't remember, Pastor. It's the 21st? 22nd. August 22nd, 2021, moms and dads have a starting point. The nine families... It was August 22nd, 2021, at Platte Valley Baptist, we dedicated our children to the Lord, and we dedicated our own lives to the Lord in raising these kids. I think it's a great to have a starting point of a dedication. Then number five, you put us in a position of faith in God and under his authority to do his way. 
we put God now, we, we're in a place of, of, of faith now to trust God that he'll do it his way. Now, I want you to see Psalm 127 really quickly. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Yeah. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. I love that. Now look at verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. Okay. These, and look at this, and the fruit of the womb is the parent's reward, right? Is that what your Bible says? No. It's whose reward? God's. The fruit of the womb is his reward. By the way, if you've ever had, mom, a miscarriage, if you've ever had something happen to a, a child, do know this. The fruit of the womb is God's reward. And God can take that child whenever it's his fruit and it's his reward. And God can take that reward whenever he wants to take that. The fruit of the womb is his reward. They're not my children, they're God's. Then we go into, I got a whole message on this, but I got only like two minutes on it to share. The greatest metaphor of parenting in the entire Bible. The greatest word picture of parenting in the entire Bible is this one. I really do believe it. Listen to this. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I do not know, Pastor, of a better word picture for parenting than seeing your children as arrows. Now, I am not an archer. I have an uncle-in-law, Marilee's Uncle Terry in Arizona. He has been in magazines. He is an accomplished archer all over the country. His name is Terry Crotts. And this guy, he's got three Robin Hoods. That's when they, in competition, when they put the, when they put one arrow in the shaft of another arrow in the bullseye. I mean, this guy's unbelievable, you know. This guy, and he's told me something about archery. Number one, you got to have the right stance. You got to be on good level ground. Moms and dads need to have a firm foundation of their faith. Number two, you take the arrow and you knock it. You put it in the bow in the right place. Parents, you better put your children in the right places. Number three, you've got to have strength. Parenting is not for weaklings. You got to have some strength about you if you're going to raise kids in 2021 in America. You better have some strength. You pull that back. Now, the next few things are amazing. You aim it at a target. Now, hear me. If arrows are children, we aim the child at the target of God's will for their life. The target we're going for is not what we want. It is what God wants for the children. Little parentheses. I have stopped asking seniors in high school, hey, 
So what do you want to do next year? So when you graduate, what do you want to do? Hey, what do you want to be? No, no, that's a wrong question. It is not, high school senior, what you want to do. The question is, what does God want you to do? Now let me tell you something, moms and dads. This is about God's will, not your will for your children. Three reasons why young people don't come to West Coast Baptist College. Money, miles, and mama. And that is true. Parents are one of the biggest reasons why young people aren't going into the ministry today. Because parents are saying, no, 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 you're staying home. You're going to go to community college. You're going to learn a skill. You're going to learn how to make a living. I would much rather have my children learn how to live. If they learn how to live, they'll do fine making a living. But I am telling you right now, one of the biggest reasons why young people don't come to West Coast Baptist College are because of parents. Listen, guys, this isn't about your will for your children's life. This is about God's will. And you take that arrow and you know, now this is the coolest thing. I'll never forget Uncle Terry tell, telling me two things. He said, Jim, the most important part of archery is the release and the follow through. And the release can't be forced. Okay, I'm going to let go now. I'm going to let it go now. He says, you can't do that. The release has to be natural. You are looking at the target and the release is what comes. And then he said this, and this was the coolest. And by the way, sometimes it's hard for parents to release their children, amen? Okay, we got to learn how to let our kids go. And if we've aimed them right, and we've done everything right, release should be a natural response from raising our kids right. But then listen to this, this is really cool. So Uncle Terry tells me, and then the follow through. And I said, the follow through? What difference is it after the arrow is gone? What difference does it matter what you do after? Oh, he said it makes a big difference. If you don't follow through right, the arrow will go in the wrong place. I said, how can the arrow go in the wrong place if the arrow's already been released? He said, I'm telling you, follow through after the release is critical for the arrow to go. Because that's how you will also adjust your next arrow, is by waiting after the follow through. Moms and dads. Just because they're not living in your home doesn't mean you're done parenting. Just because you don't, oh, they're gone now, it is imperative that you have the right follow-through in your faith in your life. That would have been a good time for an amen, but that's all right. Anyways, okay, so that's what happened. Now, I have six minutes to tell you what didn't happen, and they're good. So here goes. What doesn't happen today, okay? What didn't happen when we dedicated our children to the Lord? Number one, excluded our children from all trouble and failure. Oh, so they're dedicating their children to the Lord. That should take care of it now. They won't have any problems in their life. No, no, no. Matter of fact, talking about targets, do you realize who else is watching this children's dedication today? Not just the angels in heaven and the Lord. Satan and his principality say, okay, you're dedicating your children to the Lord? You're our target now. I got the rest of the kids. They're all, they're all children of the father of lies. These are the, think about that for a minute. These are the children Satan wants to get to. And you better understand, by dedicating your children to the Lord, 
doesn't mean that they're not going to go through troubles and they're not going to go through adversity. Matter of fact, I want to encourage you with something. Let your children fail. Now, we're all going to say this together, okay? Let your children fail. Now, that is a tough thing. The boomer babies were given everything by their parents because their parents went through the Depression and they, they tried to compensate by giving all the boomer babies everything. I'm kind of that generation. My mom and dad tried to give me everything. But I'll tell you what's happened now. Today's millennials and Generation Z, their parents protected them from everything. And it's one of the worst things that could happen. You know what? My children did not learn how to walk, ride a bike, or anything without failing. And we didn't protect our boys from failure. We let our boys fail. It was some of the best lessons my boys ever learned after they failed. Moms and dads, you, by dedicating your children to God, doesn't mean there's not going to be adversity, doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems, and doesn't mean there's not going to be failure. Number two, and we already talked about this a little bit, stop Satan from getting and sifting them. Okay, God forbid, but one day you hear about one of these children that end up not living the way they're supposed to live. Oh, bless God, I remember, I think it was August 2021. I remember the parents, boy, that was a big service. They brought that special speaker in, and, and they did that big thing, and look at that. That child didn't live for God. Let me tell you something. Dedicating these children today doesn't mean that Satan doesn't want to sift them. Listen to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Even though, even though Peter, even though you've been with me for three and a half years, even though you're one of my disciples, can I tell you, Satan's trying to get you. Let me tell you something, Peter. Satan is trying to get you and sift you. Let me tell you, that's why I'm saying, church members, we need to be praying for these children. We need to be praying for mom, these moms and dads of these children. Because Satan, i tell you what, what else is happening today. They're getting this beautiful plaque. They get this little copy of the scriptures. They get to be dedicated in front of Platte Valley Baptist. And let me tell you what else they got today. They get a target on their back today. Because Satan wants these kids. And you all, as a church, need to understand that. You dedicate your children to the Lord. Whoa. I'm not going to tell you that Ben, Luke, and Drew were the easiest kids to raise. You know, we dedicated Ben, Luke, to Drew, and we really didn't have any problem. No. We struggled. We fought. For our boys spiritually during their teen years, it was a battle. Satan wanted Ben, Luke, and Drew to fail. Satan went after our three sons, and we struggled during those teen years. Yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. Just dedicating to the children stopped Satan from getting the sifting them. No, 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 no. Let me tell you else what didn't happen. Number three, secured their place in heaven. Yeah, now this is really important. Because there's some denominations 
that do this little baby dedication, put a little water on, and now they're saved. Can I tell you, none of these children are getting saved today because they're getting dedicated. They have to personally receive Christ as their Savior. Amen? They've got to come to their own time when they trust the Lord. Just because they were dedicated at Platte Valley Baptist Church doesn't mean they're going to heaven. Every one of these children, now some of these children may be saved already. Praise the Lord. But I'm telling you, dedicating children to God doesn't get them to heaven. They have to receive Christ on their own. Number four, cause their wills to be surrendered. Okay, can I tell you what's not happening today? These nine children today are not surrendering their wills. No, 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 no. Mom's dad, you guys got to break the will and leave the spirit. But you got to learn. These kids aren't just necessarily, well, the day that they dedicated, that took care of their will. No, it didn't take care of their will. Number five, take away the consequences of their sins. Getting dedicated to the Lord does not take away the consequences of sin. And number six, take away the desire to raise them by our feelings than by the word. Now this one's I really like this one. Okay, so when we dedicated our boys to the Lord, that didn't, and you know what? We never wanted to do it our way after we did that. We always wanted to do it God's. No, that didn't happen. Marilee and I butt heads a few times about how to raise our kids. We disagreed. She, she's a spiritual gift of prophet. I'm, I'm more of an exhorter. And we looked at that. I'm a man. She's a woman. She looked at the, the, raising the kids different. Hey, we wanted to do things our way, even though we did. I thought you dedicated your children to the Lord. But I'll tell you what didn't happen that day. Our desire to raise them our way didn't go away the day that we dedicate them. Does that make sense? Now, so listen to this, moms and dads. You say, you know, Brother Sheller, I've dedicated my children to God. I've dedicated my family. But there's times I want to do it my way. Well, join the crowd. That's true with all of us as well. So what is happening today? Well, what's happening today is parents are giving a point in time when they are saying, God, we are no longer the owners of our kids. We are the stewards. And as a dedication to God, like Abraham dedicated Isaac, we're surrendering our right. We're surrendering our greatest possession. We love our children. We would die for our children. But we're saying, God, they're yours. And I'm telling you today at Platte Valley, this is as much a parent dedication as it is a child dedication. And it is as much a church dedication. Today, you as a church say, hey, you know what, Mom and Dad? We'll come alongside of you. We'll help you. We'll encourage you. Hey, you know what? You talk to every one of these children. Every one of these children, you got to say, hey, that was great what mom and dad did today. Man, we're going to pray that, that that dedication that God will do. And then you ought to talk to every one of the parents today at the barbecue or wherever. You ought to talk to every one of the parents and just say, hey, that was a great thing you did today. Anything I can do to help you, you let me know. We're going to be praying for your kids. We're going to be praying for you as a mom and dad. And that's what's happening today at Platte Valley. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I ask today that Platte Valley Baptist would understand we're on holy ground today. Father, this is a very, very important dedication. And I think it's more than just the child dedicating. I think it's moms and dads that we're praying for. And I'm praying for a church. Lord, I, I don't know this church well, but I have come to love the pastor, the pastor's family, and every time I've been here, Father, the people here are just good, solid believers. But Father, 
They've got a responsibility to these nine families today. And Lord, may we come alongside of these nine families today and be an encouragement as a church. May we never do anything to these children that would cause harm to them spiritually, physically, or emotionally. May we, may we dedicate our lives to you today to be an encouragement to these nine children and to their moms and dads. So Father, we believe we're on holy ground today. We're thankful, Lord, for Pastor, and just that he would have a day like this shows the heart of Pastor Monday. And Lord, I pray that you would give this church many families because this church wants to help these families do what's happening today. May you put your favor upon this church for that reason alone, even. And we'll give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's children said, Amen.